Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today, we're going to take a look at a myriad of agencies, especially the United States Peace Corps and the United Nations Children's Fund, to see the valuable role they're playing in promoting humanitarian and economic development in many areas of the world. My guest today is an expert on these programs and many others. Carol Bellamy was the director of the United States Peace Corps, formerly, and she's also the former executive director of the United Nations Children's Fund, commonly called UNICEF. She is currently the chair of ECPAT, which is in child prostitution and trafficking, and she's on the board of the American University of Beirut. Carol Bellamy, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Thank you. Nice to be here, Bill. I appreciate you being with me, Carol. Let's start off very briefly with ECPAT. Uh, I guess the title says everything, in child prostitution and trafficking. What's, uh, how did you get involved in that? And what is, that is its major goal, I guess. Uh, well, ECPAT is a global network. It's, it's not just a single organization as such. It's a global network. I think there are about 120, more than 120 organizations around the world that participate as, as part of this alliance. Um, in um, uh, 80 or so more countries. Um, so, uh, and, and, and it's focused, as you suggested, on fighting the sexual exploitation of children. It's been going for a number of years. So I first got involved when it kicked off back in uh, the 90s. I was at UNICEF at that point, um, but I've stayed involved with them. Um, the members are in all these different countries and they're, they're, they range from direct service deliverers to advocacy groups, to um, groups that do research, but all focused on things like preventing the sexual exploitation of children in trafficking and tourism or online, which is terrible these days, or just simply direct services. It certainly is a major problem. And I'm glad to see that that's one outstanding organization that's working against this. And of course, our viewers can go to www.ecpat.net to get more information on this very important organization. Well, Carol, shifting gears, uh, organization you and I, it's near and dear to our hearts is the US Peace Corps, full disclosure. I was a Peace Corps volunteer, you were a Peace Corps volunteer, and I think in Guatemala, is that right? That's memory serves. And you, but you were also the director of the Peace Corps. You were appointed by President, then President Bill Clinton. Uh, well, you were there from 1993 to 1995, I guess is what it was. How did you find the Peace Corps at that time? That was a sort of between when it, uh, President John F. Kennedy formed it in 1961 and where we are today in the 21, 2021, 2022. But what were your main goals or what were the main goals of the Peace Corps at that time? You know, I don't think the goals have ever changed that much. Now, of course, the times change. Um, I, as you pointed out, I was a volunteer in those early years, 1963 to 65 in Guatemala. We didn't have um, cell phones and we weren't in touch with everyone every moment. But the idea was the Peace Corps created by John Kennedy to try and bring about peace and greater friendship and by sending largely young Americans. You didn't have to be young, but most of us were reasonably young. Although today about 10% of Peace Corps volunteers are over the age of 50, um, to work in communities, in neighborhoods, in rural areas around the world with people, not for, not doing, but with them. That kind of partnership still exists today. It certainly does. And it was, it was an innovative idea 
back in 1961, and it's still an innovative idea to have Americans go overseas to help people to develop the infrastructure, the economic, educational, uh, cultural infrastructure to improve their lives. And of course, as you and I are very well aware, that third goal of the Peace Corps to bring the experience home is one that has certainly put me on a different path. And I would bet it's helped put you on a different path too, hasn't it, to move into yeah, like activities? I like to remind people about the three goals of Peace Corps from the beginning to now. The first goal was to go and help in ways you could, whether you're, you had a background in health, you didn't have to be a doctor, but just basic public health or education or um, food security or, or whatever, or environment, whatever the issue. The second goal was to help the rest of the world understand Americans a little bit more. And so there you were living with people in their communities. But that third goal was to help Americans understand the world a little bit more. And so, again, if we ever needed that, we, this pandemic has shown us that there are not barriers in the world today. There aren't walls, if you will. And, and we all need to try and at least, if not love each other, understand each other a little bit more. We certainly do. And if our viewers would like to go to learn more about the Peace Corps, go to www.peacecorps.gov and get more information. Now, another organization that you were the director of was the United Nations Children's Fund. And that was, that was a 10 year run, I think from 1995 to 2005. What, what is the major mission of UNICEF? Well, as you said, UNICEF is the UN's children's organization and children get defined, I know it's a little fuzzy, but they get defined in the Convention on the Rights of the Child, which is the most widely adopted international treaty in the world up to the age of 18. So much of the focus in the early years of UNICEF, and UNICEF has now been around 75 years, much of the focus was on child health, that children should at least be born healthy. But in recent years, in addition, never leaving health, but in addition, understanding that children need decent education, that children need to be protected against violence, whether it's violence in wars or violence at home. And so the, the, the role of uh, UNICEF within the UN and as really the promoter of a better situation for children with children around the world continues strongly today. It is one of the, it's really one of the premier organizations of the United Nations. It's done an outstanding job. And of course, it's teamed up with Rotary International, the UN World Health Organization, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Fund to eliminate polio. And it's involved in just a wide range of activities that are really helping to make a safer and a healthier world. Were you involved in implementing uh, some major changes or reforms at UNICEF when you were the director? Well, uh, yes, but I think that's happened with all of the directors and not reforms because there was something wrong. It was just, for example, when I came in in, in 95, uh, the Convention of the, on the Rights of the Child had just been formally approved. So therefore beginning to shift um, UNICEF's focus from kind of a seeing the child as a victim, seeing the child having rights was a very important area. I was also there during, for example, the women's meeting in Beijing. I was there during September 11th. I was there during uh, that uh, terrible Indian Ocean tsunami. So there were, and many wars. There were wars from Southeast Europe to the middle of Africa. Um, so responding to issues like child soldiers and, and, and the threat to children of um, 
displacement and becoming refugees. So, uh, you know, and at the same time, all the wonderful things that children and young people bring too. So it's not just crying children, it's also seeing the value that children can bring and, and their ideas and their thoughts as well. You mentioned the Convention on the Rights of the Child, which is a very important convention. As I recall, uh, former President George Herbert Walker Bush was involved in his administration in helping to create that. It was back in the early 90s, if or long in there. How important is it for us? And to my knowledge, the U.S. Senate still has not ratified the Convention on the Rights of the Child, along with several others, too, like the Convention on the Law of the Sea Treaty, which are naval people, our military people, our business people support. We've got others, CEDAW, the Convention for the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women. Again, the U.S. Senate has not approved that, ratified it. How important is it for the Senate to take a look at these conventions again and think twice and get on board and join the rest of the world? Because we're pretty much the odd country out when it comes to this. <laughs> We particularly are the odd country out when it comes to um, uh, the Convention on the Rights of the Child. I believe we are the only country in the world that hasn't ratified it. But you're right, uh, there are others. I mean, that very important convention on the rights of women, not um, ratified. Uh, American legislators have been very reluctant to ratify international treaties. I, again, I, I think if anything, the last couple of years have taught us that if we thought we could just be a country whatever your political views are, and, and I respect all political views, but if we thought we could just keep to ourselves and we had no role to play in the rest of the world, I mean, it, it, we live in a, a global world today, which doesn't mean that we have to fiddle around in everything, we do not, but it does mean that we are, that, that we are interrelated in terms of things that go on. Nevertheless, I will say in the U.S.'s um, a benefit, it has ratified two of the um, subsets of the Convention on the Rights of the Child, one around um, child soldiers and one around trafficking. So I, ho I hope, and I think most Americans care very much that children uh, are respected for their rights. It takes nothing away from parents. It just acknowledges that children themselves have rights. It certainly does. And of course, our viewers can go, to, if they want more information on UNICEF, then go to unicef.org to find additional information. But you're absolutely right. This uh, this convention does not diminish the rights of parents whatsoever. And you mentioned now that the U.S. has not participated. Back oh, a few years ago, it was only Somalia and the U.S. And Somalia had a civil war going on. So they actually had a good excuse not to get involved, right. perhaps. But now even they're on board. So again, hopefully the U.S. Senate at some point will have second thoughts about this and start looking at it in a different light. When you think back on your involvement with the Peace Corps and with UNICEF, I'm sure you just have a flood of memories, fond memories, but are there one or two that really stand out in your mind? You know, I've, got, I've been lucky enough to work with the most wonderful people in my life. I always think that's, that's critical to any role or job that you have is who you work with. It doesn't matter how many, it doesn't have to be huge. Now, I must say, UNICEF People sometimes would say, gee, isn't nice you're working with children? And I am, but I, I was, I'm sorry. But I used to say, but wait, even when I was there, and that's 20 years ago now, UNICEF was 10,000 employees in 158 countries with a close to $5 billion budget. So not a small organization. But I look back on having been able to, particularly in the international work I've done, 
work in a multicultural environment. And I think it is one, I mean, if one has the opportunity to do that, you don't have to, but if you have an opportunity to do that, you should do it because it really, you grow, others grow, and it just, and it's, it's an incredible experience. It certainly is. There's, it can, it's irreplaceable in many respects. Well, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. Also, if you're involved with a PBS or community access television station, or perhaps an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or you have a podcast, or you just have a computer, you like our shows and you'd like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're talking about a wide range of agencies and organizations that are out there to really help create a better world. For We'll use that term over and over again on this program. And my guest today is an expert on all of these, especially the United States Peace Corps and the United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF. Carol Bellamy is the former director of both those organizations, the US Peace Corps and the UN Children's Fund. Carol, we're talking about a wide range of issues and uh, organizations. We can, we can spend hours and hours on the ones you've been involved with. But another one that you're involved with is the Global Community Engagement and Resilience Fund. What exactly is that? It's something I've been involved with uh, more recently. Um, it is, uh, it's a, it's basically a global fund and it's, it was, um, it, it grew out of, a, uh, of some thoughts from a number of the member states at the UN called the Global Counterterrorism Forum. Um, and in, in the area of terrorism, a lot of money goes into fighting terrorism, which is a good thing. Terrorism is a bad thing, but it goes into military. It goes into law enforcement. It goes in to do just judicial things, but very little has gone into trying to prevent it in the first place. Now, one of the challenges of prevention is if you prevent, you don't even know, and so how do you prove that? But GSERF, or the Global Community Engagement and Resilience Fund, is a fund that supports very, very, very local organizations, not governments, but local organizations in countries, not every country because it's limited, but in countries where some communities are starting to trend toward violent extremism, toward terrorism. And it's thought to try and strengthen the communities so that it doesn't, they don't go over the edge and start to engage in terrorist acts. That's extremely important, and especially in this day and age. It, and they certainly have a full agenda in dealing with those particular activities. Again, they're doing great work and our viewers can go to their website at www.gcerf.org. Well, in the closing minutes that we have, Carol, we've got so many other issues to talk about, but I was curious, we, we heard a lot, or we did prior to the COVID, and we're going to hear more about them, uh, the 17 United Nations Sustainable Development Goals to eliminate hunger, to abolish poverty, to empower women and girls, young girls. Uh, how important are these 17 goals, and why should people around the world, and many organizations are on board. You look at Rotary International, Kiwanis, you look at other service clubs, church groups, 
they're pick a pick and choose from the goals. Some of them support all of them as far as to help us create this better world. And how important is it for us to focus on them between now and 2030, which is sort of the deadline? Well, as you point out, these are global goals, and they and who can who can um, think there's anything wrong with them? They are for better health, uh, for cleaner water, for uh, better food security, for less violence in the world, for more equitable response to people of all whether whether it's gender or race or ethnic or whatever background. So I think they're crucial. And, and while governments sign on to them, and they are signed on to by governments, in the long run, they will only be successful, successful if people engage in them. And so it really is at the community level, whether it's working in your local neighborhood at, at a food pantry or through your church or shul, um, helping uh, older people during this pandemic, or whether it's doing something international, everybody can make a small difference in trying to achieve those goals. These are, should not just only be left to government. I believe in governments generally, but they can't just be left to governments. They're really goals of the people. And if the people put their mind to it, we're gonna achieve those goals. They certainly will. And as I mentioned earlier about uh, UNICEF, uh, the UN Children's Fund, the UN World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control and how they teamed up with Rotary International to abolish the scourge of polio around Absolutely. the world and those partnerships do work and they're just on the verge of eliminating polio in all parts of the world so it's extremely important to participate and to be involved in this because we all have to live on this blue marble of a planet earth well in the last uh, few minutes we have as you look at all the issues out there climate change poverty just on across the board what what do you see as our perhaps number one issue that we need to really focus on more than not to preclude or exclude all the others, but what, what do you see as one or two of our top challenges that we're going to confront? And we really need to accelerate what we're doing to, to confront those issues. You know, I, I, this is always a hard one. I don't wanna, it's hard to pick. I, I do believe that environment and, and climate issues these days really are increasingly affecting everyone. Um, I, I mean, whether it's, I mean, we've just seen in the in recently fires from Europe to Africa to the United States, um, floods from China to um, to Germany. Um, so th these are issues that affect everyone, rich and poor alike. So I, I from a kind of a specific issue, I would say that. I, I the other thing I would say, and I know time is short, is I, I we have to spend a little bit more time trying to at least respect each other. We don't have to all agree on everything, but I think I think somehow we ha we have to we all as human beings have to commun communicate a little bit better and kind of understand that really the diversity of this world, not only our own country, but the diversity of this world is a positive, not a negative. It certainly is. And when you hit on communication, that is so critical. And of course, it brings up the the following issue, I guess, the ancillary issue, what role can the media play or what role should the media play in helping us to identify these problems, to understand the problems and to develop solutions to overcome these problems or at least ameliorate them at the very best. Maybe that's the best we can do with climate change the way it's roaring right now. I'm not, not too sure, but the media 
has a critical role to play. But in so many cases, we see the media is dysfunctional, putting out misinformation, disinformation, and it's actually making the situation worse in, in some cases. What role, what role could they play or should play? You know, I sometimes say tongue in cheek that when I graduated from law school more than 50 years ago, I thought that tax lawyers ran the world. But now I think communications runs the world. So I think media has a very important role to play, an objective role. One of my, my not just my concern, a concern is the way we've, we've, we're dealing with media and, and communication these days, it's very stovepiped. And I think if there are ways to look to open it up so that there's more diversity of views in, in the same environment. So we're not all just talking to the people that we agree with all the time, because then we never learn anything. So I do, I think media has a very important role to play, objective, um, differing opinions, offering opportunities for people to ask questions. Uh, I think it's crucial and I don't think media should go hiding. I think they just need to get out there and do even more. That's right. In many cases, just do their jobs. It would be very, it would be very helpful if they could do that. There's no doubt about that. But these, these are all important issues. And of course, you've been involved in these issues for many, many years now. What uh, do you have anything that's on the front burner that you're going to be doing that you want to mention before we run out of time? Or is, are you just, you've got your plate full right now, I would imagine, do you not? Well, I, I work on my little projects. I mean, if I had to, if somebody said you can only do one thing uh, for the rest of your life, what would you devote yourself to? I would devote myself to girls' education. I think, um, I, I obviously want boys to be educated, but the big ch the challenge still, and the gap still is girls' education. And so in my view, girls getting a basic education means that boys will be getting one too. So if I just had to pick one thing, I would spend all my time doing girls' education. Mm -hmm. That, that is so important, extremely important. And the studies show that time and time again, that when women are educated, when girls and women are educated, that the societies improve, that it's to the benefit of not only the, the immediate or the immediate person, but the family and the community and usually the region and the, the country as a whole. But it is so critical. And of course, as you know, the United Nations with its programs, I think Probably every program at the UN has some component, especially now after the Sustainable Development Goals and the Millennium Development Goals to help educate women and girls and to empower them to play a more productive role. But Carol Bellamy, it's, it's been uh, just a wonderful opportunity and uh, an honor to visit with you again and to hear about all the accomplishments you've had over the years. And you, you've been involved in so many important activities and I'm glad to see that you're still involved and we'll continue to be involved in, in the immediate future and way beyond that. But Carol, I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and a very informative program. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television. Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, 
please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. 